Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, May the 19th in 2021 on When I Rise. We are currently in the week in the Revised Common Lectionary. It's in year B in the day of Pentecost, which is this Sunday in the life of the church. And there are only uh, four passages for the day of Pentecost, liturgy for the week. And so on Wednesday, sometimes I have to go out there and look and search and figure out something to use in order to make a five-day-a-week prayer podcast. But today we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. This is the story. This is ground zero of the day of Pentecost as it happened in the early church. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along a theme that we find there this morning. Thanks for making this party of morning on when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for us. I've already shared on Acts chapter 2 in a couple different places in the library of When I Rise. And when it comes to the Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the start of the church, I mean, there's just so much we could say. And so I'll try not to repeat what I've shared before. Uh, we could talk about why certain things were said. We can talk about why the division of tongues. And we could talk about what God fears were. And we could talk about um, the certain passage that Peter quotes here and how he uses it quite creatively for a moment like this. But I think how I want to talk about the day of Pentecost this morning is to talk about these three different images that the Spirit takes on the day of Pentecost. So once again, this is like the watershed moment where the Spirit is given to the church, which launches them into their ministry to the ends of the earth to testify about who Jesus was. 
And so all the details are important and all the details kind of fill in the gaps like puzzle pieces to put the picture together. And so we meet the spirit in three different uh, metaphors, three different symbols in this passage. The first one is that of a wind. Uh, this is in verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Wind is an interesting image for the Spirit, uh, both in Old and New Testament. The word for Spirit is the word for breath. It means for life. I think we've already talked about it earlier this week. But uh, people who've commented on why would the Spirit be a wind and what that might mean, they suggested that the wind of the Spirit is that, uh, that creative, uh, revelatory piece of who the Spirit is, how He reveals Jesus to us. And so um, how this happens is sometimes in a still small voice in prayer, we hear what seems to be an impression from God, or people wake up from sleep and they've had a dream, and all of a sudden like they're trying to catch their breath because they have been spoken to so demonstrably, right? Or perhaps you're in a conversation with a friend and you've got this impression upon your heart and you have the guts to share it with them and they are stunned, almost like you've taken their breath away because you've been able to share something that they only uniquely know and that God's given you a deposit of that. People who've commented on the life of the Spirit and how the Scripture reveals that, they would say this is the wind dimension of the Spirit. He reveals uh, things of God and brings life into a given situation. So that's the first picture of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. The second of, them, second of uh, these images is that of a flame. Uh, it says in verse 3, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came on to rest on each of them. And they are all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. When people speak about the fire and the flame of God, it's usually in the context of holiness. Um, God talks about how he'll purify us, um, like uh, bronze that's purified or silver that's purified or gold that's purified. That's the language that comes up again and again in the Old Testament. So fire is used to heat up an oven in order to heat up a metal so that its impurities begin to come to the top and it can be scraped away so that it becomes pure and pure when all those impurities are purged from them. And so there is a dimension of the Holy Spirit that brings the fire of God, the purity of God in our lives. This is what happens when we say, you know what, it's about time for me to clean up my speech. Like, I need to not exaggerate. I need not need to use words excessively, or I don't need to use slanderous words or gossip about people. That inspiration, that impulse comes from the fire of the Spirit, that the purifying peace of the Spirit that begins to try to purify our lives. And so that is seen here on the very first day of the church when the Holy Spirit is given to them. And then you've got this exuberant expression, the last uh, symbol of the Spirit, uh, where they are speaking so joyfully and their noise carries out not just from the room that they're in, but it begins to spill into the streets and they, all these different people hear them praising God in their own language. Um, and you even have people here, verse 13 says, some however made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. And so when the Spirit comes, I think uh, he also brings the joy of the Lord. I think whenever we think of spiritual people, I think oftentimes we get the image of a person who's serious all the time and uh, who doesn't joke around. They don't have any sarcasm, right? Uh, but I think that's not totally complete. I think that the joy of God um, comes with the Spirit of God. I love the way Anne Lamott says it. She says that laughter is carbonated holiness. 
I think whenever there's laughter and there's levity, we don't take ourselves so seriously and we actually think ourselves with more sober judgment, which is one of the attributes of the Christian life. And so whenever we see the Spirit, just in summary, really quick, we see the wind of God where God speaks to us and God reveals and it's so powerful and deep and demonstrative that it takes our breath away. We also see the fire of God, something that purifies us, that makes us more and more like the image of Jesus. And there's the wine of the Spirit. There's a levity about our lives where we can befriend anyone and we can uh, be patient with everyone and we can thank ourselves of ourselves with sober judgment. And so these are the things that happen when the Spirit invades our lives. And so what about you? When you think about these three images, which one comes to your heart and mind most closely today? And perhaps that's the thing that you should be praying for as we face our day together and pray and ask God to uh, order our steps today. So I'm going to do that right now. And maybe you can, as I'm praying, pray your own prayer and um, ask God to speak to you further about one of these images of the Spirit. So let's spend some time praying together this morning. Spirit of Christ, we understand this day that you come to us in the form of many faces. Um, you reveal Jesus to us. You empower us for the work of mission. You unite us with the rest of the body of Christ. And you transform us from glory to glory until we reveal more, be, become more like who Jesus is. And so we thank you for the face of the wind of the Spirit, which brings revelation and wisdom where you speak to us and we hear you clearly and it helps to reorder our lives and how you speak to others through us and how you help us to encourage and to admonish others. And so we pray, wind of the Spirit, uh, blow through our lives and allow us to hear the voice of the Lord. We thank you that you come in the form of the flame of fire, the, the flame that purifies, that purifies our intentions and our speech and our conduct and the way that we order our lives. God, we confess to you that we are out of sorts, that we have a misorder of loves in our life. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would purify us with the fire of God and that we would order our lives so that we honor Jesus more deeply. We also thank you for the wine of the Spirit, which brings laughter and joy, which brings camaraderie with others, especially those in the body of Christ. We thank you, God, that you bring levity to our lives so we don't take ourselves so seriously we can thank ourselves with sober judgment. So we pray wind, we pray flame of fire, we pray wine of the Spirit. Be given to us in the measure that we need today so that we can follow Christ ever more closely. God, we thank you for the day of Pentecost. That would set the church on its first hard step towards its mission to reach the nations. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd be poured out once again on all of our lives and that we'd resemble the people of Jesus. In whose name we pray, amen.